Hi, welcome to Ready to Scale Season 3. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. I'm a real estate investor, syndicator, and operator of multifamily properties. And in this season, we're going to focus on dialogues that drive success. Building real wealth is not a fairy tale nor rocket science, but there's so much to learn. So grab a cup of coffee and join me each week for in-depth conversations with successful real estate investors. Conversations that are designed to help you drive your wealth, investment, knowledge, and lifestyle to the next level. And of course, you can always go to my website, elliperlman.com, to read more about investing passively in multifamily. everyone, welcome back to the High Achievers series where I'm going to talk about advanced real estate and wealth topics for ultra high net worth individuals, experienced investors, and family offices. So today I want to talk about the top lessons of buying and managing real estate in 2020. So I'm recording this podcast episode. This is, we're in December So last month of 2020 and 2021 is right around the corner. And I want to share with you the top lessons that I've learned and experienced buying and managing multifamily properties across the U.S. as an investor, a syndicator, and an operator. The first thing that I've learned is that patience pays. I was very patient. I was waiting for the right deal. You know, for me, it's not about buying properties for the sake of buying properties. I have an obligation, a fiduciary duty to my investors. So I want to make sure that the deals that I'm bringing to them are the right deals. And if it means that I need to wait because the market is too heated, you know, deals are Generally speaking, in the past year up to COVID, and even a little bit during COVID, a lot of the deals are being overpaid. They're, it's just you know overpriced, and it really is going to be very challenging to hit the returns once you're overpaying for assets. So for me, I decided that for Blue Lake, we're going to wait until we see and find the right deal. And by waiting, I don't mean we're just sitting and not doing anything. We're actively underwriting deals. We're actively, you know, driving or flying to see properties. We're actively interviewing the brokers, talking with the property managers, talking with the sellers. But for the most part, most deals just don't work because, you know, I'm very conservative. I used to be a lawyer. So in my nature, I'm trained to think about all the things that could go wrong. And that's how I basically instructed my team to underwrite deals. So patience definitely pays. It took time for us to find the right deal. We did find an amazing deal that we closed a few months ago. That was almost 500 units in Marietta, Georgia, 25 minutes outside of Atlanta. And it paid off because we were patiently waiting for the right deal. And when it came, we were ready to move quickly. And I think it's so important. So unless you have a 1031 exchange, you know, you have money that you have to deploy right away for some reason, or you have to, you know, you have money that you cannot have sit in the bank. That's a number one, you know, lesson that I've learned this year is that you have to be patient in real estate doesn't happen quickly. Success doesn't come quickly. You know, you build success, you build wealth over time. And if you wait five, six, 10, 12 months to do a deal to deploy capital, 
in the history of your success, it's a blip, right? It may feel that, you know, every month passes and you want to invest more, you want to do more, but it's not the right time then I'm not pressed by any artificial timeline or a goal to close by X amount of units or X amount of deals every year. So, and I've seen, you know, some sponsors around me that got into trouble because they needed to close every quarter, every two months, you know, they wanted a thousand or 500 units a year. And when you have that artificial goal, you know, you really need to look at the market and understand what's going on. It doesn't matter how many units I want to purchase it. The market is not the right type of market to buy in. The property is not the right one. Then it doesn't matter what the goals are for the company, what the, you know, KPIs. So that's the one thing that I've learned. You have to be patient and, you know, family offices, institutionals, and high net worth individuals that are investing with us, they all accepted it and were very appreciative that we're not just pushing deals on them, that we're actually, we're slower to buy, but when we buy, we were really focused on the deal. We're really focused on the execution. That's, you know, the one thing that I've learned in 2020 was still a pretty, I would say, a competitive year. From January until March, it was extremely competitive. Usually most multifamily deals are being sent out to the universe during January and then March until May, the market kind of rose. Nobody knew what to do. Nobody knew really how to underwrite deals and what to expect. And then from May until now, it seems that it's almost, the market is almost as it was last year. Many deals will still get overbid. There are uh, many unreasonable, you know, demands from sellers. It's pretty much still a seller's market, which is the second lesson that I've learned that even during COVID, we're still talking about a seller's market. And when I'm, I'm saying the seller's market, I mean that for the most part, sellers, you know, are asking pretty high prices. They still want to see hard money. So the hard money is the deposit that you wired to the escrow company. And that's still there. It hasn't changed since or because of COVID. There's still multiple bids on every market, on every deal, on every opportunity. And usually the seller is at a position, they have multiple buyers to choose from, a pretty significant buyer pool. So just to give you a little bit of, you know, like an example, a little bit of numbers to explain to you how a seller's market looks like during COVID, we were participating on a smaller deal, it was around $28 million deal in the DFW market, which has always been very competitive. And I thought, you know what, now during COVID, we might have some more opportunities there. We get a phone call from the broker and apparently we are potential buyer number 37. There were 36 other groups competing on the same property during COVID and 25 of them were willing to offer significantly higher purchase price. And we knew we, we were not going to be able, you know, to hit the returns if we paid that amount. So we dropped, you know, from the process. So that's just to say that there are, it's still a very, very strong seller's market in 2020. It was before COVID. It's during COVID and probably after COVID, with the exception of March till May. Because I think, you know, during COVID, we didn't really know what was happening. It was nobody's market. It wasn't seller's market. It wasn't buyer's market. There were not, no deals in the market. After one, two, three, four months of operations, 
sellers could show that the operation is strong, collections are, are strong, income is high, NOI is stable, or being impacted slightly because of COVID, then it gave them basically to be in the right position. It gave them that opportunity to still be in the strong position to basically search for the right buyer and choose from multiple you know, buyers. So it's still definitely a very much you know, seller's market even today. That's the second lesson that I've learned. The third lesson that I've learned is more relevant to managing assets. So income is still increasing on a property, especially in Atlanta. We still have you know, NOIs increasing month over month. Even if you compare to pre-COVID, NOI actually increased. Income is increasing, which is very interesting. And I think it really depends on where you are in the market right now. So Atlanta, for instance, in some places in Texas, the demand you know, has been increasing because people are moving from core markets such as California and New York to those markets. And that what generated the increase in income. We were actually able to push occupancy. We were able to push rents because there are more people that are moving to those markets. So income is increasing. However, on the flip side is that expenses and CapEx also increased. So obviously you're all aware of the issues with the global supply chain right now. So that means that there's an increase in the construction costs um, in materials. There's, you know, appliances, you know, they cost a little bit more. It takes more time for appliances to arrive. And that really impacts you know, the cash flow, the way the, the property is generating cash flow, basically insurance costs increased. And so you do have increase in income, but on the other hand, expenses have been increasing. So you can still execute a business plan, but it also might be slower because you're working with limited teams. You have basic appliances that you used to order and get it within 14 days. Now, You need to wait two months for them. So when you're renovating an apartment and part of the renovation, the scope is to switch from black to stainless steel appliances, for instance, or to remove the old countertops and bring basically granite countertops that you need to order. Not only the cost has increased, but also it takes more time for the materials to arrive. And that caused delays in the execution of your value-add plan and also increase the cost that you've initially you know, assumed and projected. So that's it. Not a very long you know, episode today, only 13, 14 minutes. But again, just to sum up the top lessons of buying and managing real estate in 2020 is, as I mentioned, number one, patience paid, have to wait for the right deal. Second one, that it's still very much a seller's market, which is surprising. And the third lesson is that income is still increasing, but expenses and CapEx increase as well. And just to make sure you kind of understand what's going on behind the scene from a sponsor's point of view, these are the top lessons that I've learned just buying real estate, buying multifamily properties in 2020. That's it for today. I'm Ellie Perlman, your host, broadcasting from Providence, Rhode Island. Stay safe, take care, and I'll see you on the next episode.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.